That's different. That's different. That's different. Hi, welcome to That's Different Podcast, the show about the path less traveled, where I interview people with unconventional lives and mindsets. I'm your host, Sarah Anderson, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today, Michelle Halpern. Michelle quit her job at age 29, and now she's a full-time travel blogger known as Live Like It's the Weekend. I've known since starting this podcast that I wanted to interview someone in the travel blogging sphere. I've always been curious about the lifestyle, and I love to travel, but it can feel very mysterious when you want to know more about how exactly people are making a living this way. That's why I love Michelle. In addition to having very approachable, helpful, and beautiful content, she's very real with what she presents online about the realities of being in the industry and with more personal subjects that she grapples with, like the grief of losing those we love. This episode, we talk about it all, how she got started, how you actually make money as a blogger, what this lifestyle is like, and her personal habits and mindset. I hope you enjoy. I want to start out with something that is a quote from your website where you say, wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where terms like TGIF were non-existent because we loved Mondays just as much as Fridays? And wouldn't it be freaking awesome if people were encouraged to do what they love and felt free to follow their passions every day and not just on the weekends? Now, I, what I know is that you quit your nine to five at age 29. Can you take us back to like six months or a year before? Like, what was it like when you were kind of in the working world? Yeah. Well, thanks for reading my about page and pulling that quote. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) you put that stuff out on the internet and you're like, I wonder who's reading this. Although technically about pages are like one of the most read pages on a website, but you never like really think people are reading it. Yeah. Um, So that's cool to hear. Yeah. Like being back in the corporate world, pretty standard. I mean, I commuted like 45 minutes to my job in fashion marketing every day out like past downtown LA in a pretty like uninspiring like warehouse district. Okay. Which is kind of ironic when you're working in a creative industry. Yeah, it was just like a desk job, like pretty typical nine to five. And I really liked it for a while. But um, as a lot of companies become like it kind of started out with a smaller, a smaller team and a smaller environment and a more like startup ish mentality. And as the company grew, it just got like bigger and more corporate, a lot more red tape to sort of cut through when, you know, trying to make any decision. So at first it was a cool environment for me. And then I realized I'm not really like a corporate type person. This was fashion media marketing. Was that right? I was working for a fashion brand at the time. Okay. And was that was that your first job or had you you been cut through like no kind of that a was jobs? like number three I think I right fresh out of college I was living in New York City and okay. um I worked at a fashion website to start I have a journalism degree from Syracuse University so I, I started kind of like in the digital media space and then ended up going to an agency after that where I started to do more like social media marketing for brands and working with influencers on the other okay. side of the spectrum and then eventually went in-house with one of our clients so yeah I kind of dabbled in like a few different things but it was all very uh fashion focused 
Okay, and so when when did it become apparent to you that it wasn't working? And like, what what was your thought process? Like, you're in your job when you're commuting in LA. Like, when did it start to click for you? Like, this isn't really going to work out. And when did you start to think about what might be next for you? <laughs> I think it was just like an overwhelming feeling of dread, like going to my job every yeah. day. And um, and I think when you're a person that you when you have an identity as someone that's like motivated and hardworking and you know I got straight A's in college and like I had this identity as you know like a relatively intelligent person who you know wants to work hard and like you know do do good work every day I was sitting at my desk and I like didn't want to do anything I was like frustrated all the time I felt like my ideas weren't being heard I I lost all that motivation and with it kind of like that identity that, that I had, I started to question myself, like, am I not that hardworking person I thought I was? Cause I'm sitting at this job and I don't want to do the things that are being asked of me. Right. And yeah. I think that's like a scary feeling because you're like, am I just changing as a person or is this just not the right fit? You know? So I think when that feeling started coming over me, I was like, okay, something has to change because this is clearly not like in alignment with with yeah. what I should be doing. I can completely relate to that. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure, 100%. I'm sure most yeah. people can relate to that feeling like at yeah. some point or another. So then like, how did, how did it work as far as you deciding to leave your job? Were you, like, did you kind of have that realization and then like plan out for a period of time or did you leave pretty quickly? Yeah, it was pretty intentional and slow paced. I think I worked at that job for four years total, I think. And I would say like two years in, I started to get that feeling that I just described and okay. started to sort of think about like what my options were. And probably like a year and a half before I quit is when I don't know where I got this idea initially. I don't remember there being like one like cornerstone moment, but I felt like I had, you know, some people are like, I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to like do mm -hmm. this big thing. And for me, I was like, I've never traveled solo. Like I think it was at a time where travel bloggers were starting to get more visibility and Instagram was like relatively new ish. Oh no, there was a cornerstone moment. I'm sorry. I remember, <laughs> I totally forgot about this. There was a girl um, at my work who had a pretty like good position in our design department. And one day she just announced that she was quitting and she was going to travel around Asia for three months. And I already had sort of like had these ideas in my head. But when she did that, I was like, damn. It, was, like, it became real. That was yeah, like, I was like, oh, wow, like people are actually doing that. And I remember it was only three months, so it wasn't like a super long trip, but I remember she left and I was kind of like following her on Instagram and she like ended up meeting her husband, this like Dutch guy, I think, and then ca came back and they got married and I was just like, wow, her life changed like so fast. And not that that was my goal, like going to pick up a Dutch husband, yeah. you know, on my trip, but it was just inspiring to see, like she had this really cool job that I thought she loved and she just kind of like looked like she was having the time of her life. And I'm like, maybe like I could actually, you know, make this a real thing. So that was definitely where it became kind of real for me, but I think I'd already been having these like 
thoughts of, okay, like maybe I should go travel. Yeah, it took about a year and a half for me to like save up and actually get up the courage to leave. Got it. Okay. So then when you, you quit your job and you've saved up money. And so pretty immediately, did you take off for the trip that you took? Not exactly. Uh, let's see. I, I quit my job December of 2015. So like right before the holidays. Mm -hmm. And then my plan was to leave in February of 2016. Okay. So I had a couple of months at home, but I'm not sure like how much backstory you already know about my family, but like two weeks into me quitting my job, I found out my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so I almost like pulled the plug on the whole thing because mm. for anyone who's familiar with cancer, like pancreatic is a death sentence. Most of the time, there's very few people that like totally are able to, to cure themselves. So that was those couple months were a struggle because I was really trying to decide, you know, I just uprooted my whole life. I put all my stuff in storage. Yeah. I planned this whole trip and now I don't even know if I should go anymore, but my dad was very adamant that I should go. And he was like, absolutely not. You're not coming to live in Maine and like breathe down my neck while I go through this. He was like, you're going on your trip. I was like, okay. So yeah, there was like a little lag period where, where I was sort of like grappling with those decisions. But, um, yeah, I left at the end of February in 2016 and, and was it yeah. a year of, were you gone for like a consecutive long period of time? Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, not exactly. I went to India for about a month. By yourself? That was my first trip. No, I, I joined a group with Intrepid Travel. Oh, cool. Because I did want to, I did do a lot of solo travel that year, but with India being the first destination, I'm like, I don't know. India is a tough destination as, you know, most people who are into yeah. travel probably have heard and, I just didn't know if I wanted to jump like that deep in. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be that my brother was living there in an ashram at the time. Oh, okay. So it wasn't, it had to be like the first place I went to time it right with him. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to like start things off with like a nice group trip. Um, and then right after that, I went to Hong Kong and actually on that trip, I got a call that my mom was in the hospital and had to fly from Hong Kong back home. So mm. there was kind of a lot of like me leaving and coming home and me leaving yeah. and coming home. But I would say, you know, just for family reasons, but I would say I only came back like two or three times in the course of like 10 months. Um, and everything okay. else was just pretty much like consecutive. Wow. It's so like traveling solo or not can be such a like reflective period. It must have been so intense to have something so heavy weighing on you. Yeah, it was definitely not how I originally planned for it to go. Um, but in a way, it was kind of like a blessing that I had left my job and... You had space. I had, yeah, I didn't have to worry about, um, you know, taking time off work to be with my family you know, the, the biggest challenge was just the fear of like getting a, you know, an emergency phone call and being like across the world. But, you know, luckily we live in a day and age where you can get home pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, that flight to Hong Kong from Hong Kong was pretty brutal. Usually it's not, it's not, not doable. And 
So during that, the like 10 months or to a year that you were kind of going back and forth, at what point did you, during that time, were you just kind of like out there exploring or were you starting to think about like what is going to happen after this travel period? I was just trying to enjoy myself, to be honest. I mean, there's part of me that wishes I would have been like more serious about blogging Mm -hmm. and all that because... I have amazing destinations I went to during that time that I have like one blog post on or some that I never even wrote about. Um, but I think it's also important to just enjoy yourself sometimes too. And so that was kind of a year where like I made a lot of friends from all different countries and a lot of them who I still keep in touch with and have visited around the world. I ended up working for a retreat company for a little bit and got to travel with them and met a lot of cool people that way. And so I was sort of like dabbling in different things. I was also doing freelance social media for our clients back here while I was traveling. But for the most part, yeah, I was just kind of like enjoying myself probably a little too much. I think that that's great. Honestly, this is something that I'm personally struggling with because I gave myself like, okay, I saved up money. I'm going to give myself like a year. And I'm naturally so inclined to like turn everything into a business. I'm very like business minded, (laughs) but I also, I'm like, I, I feel like it really dilutes my interests because um I am no I'm not ever looking at something purely from like what do I actually like versus like what do I think I should can turn into a business. I've been trying to force myself during this time off, but I'm constantly like in this push pull with myself about it. Yeah, I mean we're living in like an interesting time where I think there's so much messaging out there that's like, you know, follow your passion and do what you love and I'm in full support of that, but at the same time, it's like, do you really want to make everything that you love into what you do to make money? Right, yeah. Um, so, like, kind of picking and choosing, like, what you just keep as, like, your fun, mm-hmm. like, release and what you do for work. Yeah, it's definitely, like, something that you should put thought behind. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still love doing traveling for work and, you know, I was still in, technically in my 20s at that time and... Um, I was sort of like, okay, like I'm going to be in my thirties soon. Like, I'm just gonna go for it. And yeah, it was a really fun year. And so when did you decide that you wanted to do travel blogging then? Or when did you make the decision that you were going to kind of put an effort into that as a business? I did. I did start a blog and I had the blog the whole time pretty much. I think I officially, I officially launched it, I believe in July of 2016. So like a few months into me being on the road, but I just wasn't really treating it like a business. I was like kind of posting here and there. I was more so like consistent with Instagram because that was something I could do every day pretty easily without Mm -hmm. a huge time commitment and still like, you know, be on the move and enjoying myself. And I think once I sort of started to realize that people were interested and I was gaining a following and brands were starting to notice and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I should be more serious about this and actually like give it a shot. I thought, you know, maybe I would get burnt out and like miss my old corporate life or want to come home and you know, apply for other jobs. And that just like never really happened. (laughs) So you naturally started to just get traction from your Instagram during that time. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't, I won't lie. Like I wasn't not expecting, you know, I wouldn't have created a whole blog if 
I didn't think like, oh, maybe there's something right. to it. Like I did go to journalism school. Like I've always been into photography. Yeah. Like it made sense from the mm-hmm. beginning. But I think you hear a lot of stories about people who are like, I just created a blog to like update my friends and family. And then all of a sudden it turned into a business. Yeah. Like that wasn't really my situation. I was like, okay, like I'm going to try and, you know, do this a bit, but I, I wasn't treating it like a business until people started to really notice, if that makes sense. Got it. Okay. And so when you made the switch to treating it like a business, how did your days change? I mean, when I came home from that big trip, um, there was definitely a period where when I was dealing with a lot more like family health issues that I was home a lot and I was pretty isolated. I wasn't living in a place where I had like friends or a social life whatsoever. So I sort of went from like free for all, like traveling everywhere to like workaholic mode where I was literally just working like nonstop. Doing like backlog posts from your travels or? Yeah. And like pitching brands, just like editing through a lot of photos I hadn't, you know, edited yet. Like just kind of building more of a strategy. Like, well, how is this going to work long term? Yeah. That's been interesting now, now moving back to Los Angeles and suddenly having like a social life. I've gone through these phases where now I'm like not in workaholic mode anymore, but I'm trying to be more (laughs) like suddenly I have all my friends around. It's It's an interesting balance. Are you loving living in LA? Yeah, I do love it. It's it's good. I definitely went through a period of like isolation where I was either traveling or mm-hmm. kind of stuck at home. Yeah. Um in between and it was a necessary thing for me to do when I was first kind of starting this business so I didn't have to pay rent and yeah. so I could spend time with family, but it was like 3 years of that and it was time to to shift into a different yeah, phase of life. So um I'd like to talk about something else that I think people maybe have other misconceptions about because you were talking about how sometimes people are like oh yeah I just like randomly started a blog and I'm famous now but um you know how it happens (laughs) (laughs) um but I think something else is like people don't really understand monetization Mm -hmm. not just around blogging but also as like an influencer and so I think I I really love how transparent you are both like on the logistics and just like from where your mindset is on your blog and your Instagram, like, I think it's really great. But I, I think from what you've talked about and other people I know that do this, like, it seems like the mainstreams are like ads, affiliate marketing, mm-hmm. partnerships, products, if you have products. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anything, but can you talk about like what, not numbers, but just like percentages, how much comes from what when you do this as a business? Yeah, I think it's so funny because still to this day, like, I don't think people in my normal life, like think I have a real job because they don't understand how you make money from it. They think it's a hobby. Like I'll meet up with people I haven't seen in a little while and they're like, Oh, so like, how long are you going to, you know, be doing this for? They think I'm like going to apply for a real job any day. And I'm like, no, it's actually, (laughs) it is my, this is my job. This is like a hobby anymore. This is me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So it's just funny. And I think it, that really just comes from like a lack of understanding. Like people just don't know how you make money from it. But for me, percentages, huh? Um, I would say up until recently, I was still doing a lot of like freelance social media marketing for clients. So that was a big percentage of it. Um, But just from like the blog itself, I would say it's pretty even split. I would say like 30%. 25% is from like ad revenue on my site okay. mm-hmm. and probably like 
I don't know, 40% is like sponsors. So like brands that have approached me to either do like blog, sponsored blog content Mm -hmm. or visit their destination and partner with them in that way or do like Instagram promotions, kind of like everything under that umbrella. Okay. And then I would say affiliates is probably like another 25%. That math doesn't add up at all, but... (laughs) Um, <laughs> there's always some kind of like, yeah, it's fine. There's like little miscellaneous <laughs> things in there. Okay. And I think it's also important to point out that like, if you weren't as discerning, you probably could make more on sponsorships, but it might be like a little hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I, I think mean, that's something else people don't get to. Yeah. I've had people like come to me and be like, you could be making at least like six figures just from like ads on Instagram. And sure, yeah, maybe I could be like with my numbers or wherever they're like pulling that figure out of their head, but I pretty much say no to 90% of the ad sponsors that come my way just because I don't really have an interest in my Instagram turning into an advertisement. Yeah. That's not like my long term goal with it. I really want my blog to be like the main source of income and more like on the passive income stream eventually. So yeah. And I think it's important to be like really picky about who you're promoting and just like doing your research on the company before, you know, you say yes to to backing them. So yeah, I'm sure there's people that are making like way more money than I am through who with the same following on, you know, Instagram sponsors, but that's just like a personal choice. I think, yeah. And and I think it's so, uh, it's, I personally think it's short-sighted given I'm not actually in this industry, but I do talk to a lot of people who are, and I think it's short-sighted when people do it that way. And like, personally, what I've seen really like people who are successful for a long period of time doing is making eventually products, whether it's courses or books or whatever. Yeah. And who's going to trust you if you've just been like selling them crap for however long for sure beforehand yeah Yeah. I mean I kind of use my own like bullshit meter I mean even as a quote-unquote influencer which I hate that word and that's another conversation but I guess technically you could label me as that and so like I would see my other influencer friends promoting the dumbest crap and I'm like dude what are you doing you know like I know you got paid 500 bucks or whatever here and there but I'm like is it worth that money in the long run right to to kind of I don't know I think I don't want to be rude but um <laughs> you know I just think you you make yourself look kind of silly in certain situations because people can see right yeah through that so I don't know at the end of the day you got to pay the bills and so I have respect for that too but yeah I think there's uh, there's a fine line <laughs> yeah 100% so since f- for the years I've been doing this what have you noticed any big changes in the industry or like what have the changes been that you've seen around travel or Instagram or in terms of like monetization or yeah or even just like the way people are traveling or the way people are hosting blogs I think there's just been like a lot um, that has, that has changed. I mean, travel blogging has become, or like travel Instagrams have become so popular just in the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things that immediately come to mind. I mean, I think it's gotten more challenging in a lot of ways just because the market is saturated. And I don't think it's like too saturated for anyone who is interested in getting into this business. Like there's always a place for, you know, people that, you know, work hard and, really like want to make it happen, but it's, it definitely has become 
more challenging. And that's something that I've talked about with other friends who are in the business. I think just because there's there's more options now for yeah. for marketers and for destinations, and that's awesome. Um, but you really have to like know sort of your value and what you bring to the table and and pitch that. And I mean, hotels these days are just getting inundated with yeah emails, like hundreds of emails a week from people wanting free stays. So it wasn't like that five years ago, and. So you just have to kind of like go into it knowing that and find your unique like selling point. But the other thing that I think is really big is the conversation around sustainable travel, yeah. which is a cool one that's happening. And I was just at um, TravelCon back in June, I believe it was, in Boston, which is the conference that Nomadic Matt started a couple okay. years ago. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole like keynote dedicated to sta- sustainable travel. I thought it was just cool the that they put a focus on that conversation. Cause I think it's sort of like a buzzword that intimidates some people. Like they don't, some people have really started to talk about it more and others I think are a little intimidated to start talking about it. But I think when it, what it comes down to is just like being a respectful human yeah, and like not leaving trash, like not going off trail, not, not doing things that if other people are following in your footsteps will leave like a negative yeah. impact. So it's pretty like simple. And I think there's been all these like buzzwords around it. And so it makes it seem more like complicated than it is. But um, I think that's cool that that's becoming more of a. Yeah, this is an interesting trend. I know it's it gets scary to talk about things that even like when you're trying to do good, because as soon as you like get put yourself out there as like oh I'm interested in being sustainable or oh I'm trying to eat plant-based or Mm -hmm. oh this then all of a sudden everyone just comes after you yeah the trolls come they're like wait a month ago you said you're eating plant-based wasn't that a straw or or like that's a plastic straw (laughs) but you're trying to be more sustainable it's like yeah people will just jump down your throat so I think that's where the fear comes in is people are very careful about like the words that they use to label themselves um but I don't think there's anything wrong with just being like, Hey, I don't know everything. I'm trying to do my best. Yeah. I'm interested in, you know, traveling more sustainably, but I'm going to make mistakes. Like just being sort of honest with where you're at. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I read, you wrote somewhere like as far as your brand and the saturation and all that, you said something along the lines of like, I think that niches are kind of bullshit and that it's about story. Like what sort of around that or anything else, what sort of advice might you have for anyone who's starting out today? It's interesting. (laughs) The thing about the niches, I think people have found a lot of success really niching down Mm -hmm. and being known for like one specific thing. I feel like a year ago, everyone was saying, you have to find a niche. You have to find a niche. Like don't bother starting a blog if you're like a general blogger. Yeah. Because I think that's where a lot of people started back in blogging in like 2009 when it was Mm -hmm. becoming a thing. You know, there was fashion bloggers that were just, they were writing about like all lifestyle stuff. And that's sort of where blogging originated. And now with SEO being like a huge factor and getting like organic traffic it does help to have more to kind of like own a niche topic but I don't think that's necessary a hundred percent of the time um and I don't think someone should pick a niche just because if it's not something that they're super interested in you know talking about I don't really I'm trying to think of what like piece of wisdom I have (laughs) for for people starting out I think it doesn't have to be like 
an overall niche of your blog. I think it's more about just like finding your unique selling point. Like what Mm -hmm. is it about the content you create? You know, for me, something that I talk to a lot of brands about these days is that, you know, I say I'm not like a a blogger that's trying to like put myself in the forefront and my outfit and like have your destination be the backdrop. Cause I think there is a lot of that out on Instagram. Now mm-hmm. it's a lot of like style bloggers who are working with destinations, but really the focus is not the destination it's yeah. on them. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I try to approach brands by saying, listen, I want to highlight your destination. That's the focus. That's what my content will be about. And I might be in some of the photos, but it's not all about me at the end of the day. It's really about highlighting the place and like what makes it so special for people to travel there. And so like finding your angle and what you can like offer those brands, I guess, is probably okay. the, the best thing that you can do. When you're planning out your content, how do you, like do, how far in advance, how do you plan what you're going to do for your blog and your Instagram? I think it's a mix of things. Obviously, like depends on what destinations I have upcoming that I'm traveling to also like seasonal content like holiday gift guides obviously that's Mm, a big one this time of year and I do a lot I do a lot of like keyword research just for SEO purposes for people who maybe don't know what that is it's search engine optimization so like finding sort of the trends and what people are searching for different different like times throughout the year and do you use any tools for that yeah, I personally use a tool called Key Search, okay. which there are much like more robust ones. Like SEM Rush, I think is probably one of like the top ones, but it's also really expensive. So Key Search, I think, is like thirty bucks a month, or and it does the job. But yeah, for people who are starting out with a blog, I'd really recommend like starting to teach yourself SEO from the get go because eventually you'll need to learn it and you might as well know what you're, you're doing yeah. from the beginning. I wish that I would have known more the first couple of years. Yeah. And that can kind of just help like you rank better for the things you're already writing about. Yeah. And like when you're running a business like this, there's always something that you could be doing to make your business yeah. go further at 24 hours a <laughs> That's day. That's the worst part. Yeah. Yeah. It never, it never, it never really ends. stops. Any tips for like how you stay balanced when that's always the I don't case? know if I do, to be <laughs> honest. I wish I, someone could give me an answer for that. I think I've been just more like forgiving with myself lately about, like I said, now I live back in LA and I, you know, when I was living at home, all I really had to do were like hang out with my dog and work. So now that I'm living back in LA and I have friends and I'm dating. Like I'm trying to give myself permission to be like, okay, like I can have a life. It's okay to have a life. Like work is a big part of my life, but it's not everything. Yeah. So I really just have to have like talks with myself. (laughs) Like you don't need to feel guilty. Like it's okay to go out to dinner tonight and Mm -hmm. just like enjoy yourself and not you know, worry. But I think the biggest challenge is just like holding yourself accountable and like holding yourself to deadlines when no one else is, you know, counting on you to do that, but yourself. And so I think it just does help to like make a, make a plan, whether it's like a week in advance or a month in advance, have it on a calendar so you can like stick to it. And Mm -hmm. so it's not just like all up in your head. That way you can point to it and be like, we did do this. Yeah. We get to go do that <laughs> <Exactly>. now. <laughs> um, and then I think recently you wrote something about like 
being not a hundred percent sure maybe what live like if the it's the weekend will grow into or like how do you how do you feel about like the uncertainty like how do you have you ever felt while you're doing this because you're not quite sure where things are going just kind of lost in the process a hundred percent and how do you deal with that I think that's been the most challenging thing um especially because when I sort of started this journey my life was a lot different and since both my parents passing like there was just like a lot of emotional things that I've been through since I like took that initial step of like quitting my job and starting this whole solo thing and so I've thought a lot about like okay well what can I do to like connect more with other people that have gone through like grief and loss and Mm. does that have anything to do with my travel blog how can I connect the two I think a lot about that but yeah it's hard to like know kind of what like path to go in and I have definitely felt lost for sure and I think a lot of it's fear-based I I don't think it's I think it's probably good to like question yourself a little bit and you know be like more introspective about the long the long path do you think that like when it comes to self-doubt around what's coming and what you're working on, does it help to be around other people that are kind of in similar fields? Like, do you think that's helpful? Yeah, I think, I don't know if I would still be surviving in this industry if I hadn't like connected with other people. Yeah. Just because it is such like a sort of Wild West industry where, you know, most of my friends that I've had since like long before doing this or in very traditional jobs, whether it be like real estate, like nursing, teaching, you know, working corporate jobs and marketing, things like that. So it's a bit harder to relate to them on like a career level. So I think it's just good to have people. I think this goes for in any industry. Like you need those like work wives or, you know, the people that like, you can kind of vent with and you know I have a couple friends that you know who do the same thing as me but we're not competitive like I'll call them up and be like I just got this really annoying email from a client like what do you think I should do and we talk about it and it's super helpful to you know for for you to have like someone to bounce ideas back and forth did you find these people like on Instagram Instagram. yeah all through Instagram (laughs) pretty much bringing people together yeah no that's the great thing about it (laughs) oh how do you feel about the whole no likes for some people or that thing going away this week is that happening this week (laughs) oh god i keep i keep getting push notifications because you know they were testing about it happening but it seems like it's not for everyone like it's some accounts won't see them you'll still see them personally on your own account but some people won't see i'm not really sure that's that's what they said was happening this week yeah i don't know how i feel about it i think like for mental health it's probably a better thing in the long term it'll be interesting to see how it sort of affects the industry and how bloggers work with clients i mean well you'll still be able to show the clients like what your numbers are but they might, yeah, might be but I think the in- interesting thing about it for me is that I think the reason why people like photos is because there is that like number. And when that goes away, I don't know what the incentive is for people to, yeah. to take that action. So I think what you'll see happen, and I could be wrong, but 
I think what you'll see happen is across the board, like all the numbers going down even more. Yeah. And so like you might be able to see on your end, like what the analytics are and you could send that to a client. But I mean, I think it's good because you won't be able to compare to other people's numbers. Yeah. But I think there will at least initially be like an internal sense of doubt, like, oh, my numbers are dropping. Is this happening Mm -hmm. to everyone else too? And not really having any visibility to like the stand, the standard anymore. But I don't know. It could be a really good thing. And I think we'll just, you know, have to like roll with the punches and see. I'm so curious. What happens. Yeah. Yeah, But it's kind of, it's kind of scary, but I think it's cool at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that you, you like to read, listen to books, listen to podcasts. Do you have any favorite like motivational or other types of books and recommendations? Well, for podcasts, one that I've been listening to a lot in the last year is the Almost 30 podcast with Lindsay Mm -hmm. Simsek and Krista Williams. I just think they're awesome. And they always have like really motivational people on, whether it's in like wellness or sort of all different industries, spirituality, things like that. For books, I recently read The Celestine Prophecy, which... Oh, I don't think I know that one. I read it a few months ago, but that one was really good. It was recommended by a friend that I was on a a trip with and yeah it's funny this past year I haven't like last year I had a goal to read like 25 books and hit that but again I was like home didn't have a social life now like this year that number has gone drastically down yeah I do love to read a lot but that's like the one that comes to mind recently okay and um I I feel like people would be disappointed if I didn't ask you about travel destinations. Do you like what? Don't ask me my favorite. (laughs) No, no. Like I'd rather ask you like what has been your most kind of like transformational moment or trip or maybe like what are there any like big fears that you've overcome while you've been traveling? Hmm. That's a good question. I think India probably was like the most transformational Yeah. just because I think it's one of the hardest places to travel to. And it's a place that a lot of people have no desire to go to, Mm -hmm. but I just think it's very, it's a really beautiful place, like in all of the aspects. I think you just have to be like super aware. You, You have to be like really on it when you're there. You can't just like cruise through a trip like it's not a vacation yeah so for me like those are always the most transformational ones where it it feels less like a vacation and more like I really have to be present and yeah you know because with travel there are a lot of distractions and even though traveling does help you be more present and like excited about you know what you're doing like there are a lot of ways to sort of like you know drink and eat and like sit on the beach and then it's like all over in a week you know and that's more of like a vacation I guess than a trip quote unquote but yeah I would say India like Morocco is kind of one of those places for me too that requires you to be like really like alert and present yeah because you've talked about slow travel because I was just thinking about how hard it's been for me personally and I know for others like when you go somewhere and you're like well I'm kind of trying to do this for work so I should get work done, but also I'm here and I'm only here for X amount of days. So that can be really challenging too. Yeah, I've definitely, that's definitely been hard for me because realistically I'm not in a place for more than like two weeks. Um, I wish that I could be in a place for longer, but I've sort of made the decision at this point to like have a base in LA and 
be gone and then come back. Whereas, you know, there are people that do like the the digital nomad thing full time and they get to stay in a place for like three months. And Mm -hmm. that's awesome if that's something you want to do. And it's definitely not like out of the question for me in the future. But yeah, it is challenging because there is work I have to be doing. And so that's where that like guilt and anxiety comes in. Or I'm like, I'm not doing enough, but yeah, you know, you're in a place you might not ever be there again. So I always want to like do as much as I possibly can. Yeah, me too. I always think, oh, like it'll be great. I'll like have downtime, but I never no. really do. <laughs> There's always more you can find to do, right? Now that you're back here and you're more settled, do you have any like regular self-care practices? You meditate, do any yoga, that sort of thing? Yeah, I do a lot of yoga. Shout out to the Yoga Collective in Venice. Okay. I've been going to them for years and I just like don't, I can't go to any other studio, even though now I don't live as close to it anymore, but I just love all their classes there. And I've been, I go through waves, but I do meditate. I've been trying to do it more often, but sometimes I just like, totally forget just on your own or do you use like an app um I've been using the waking up app recently oh, by Sam yeah, Harris, Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. I've dabbled in different stuff like I've tried headspace I didn't love it so much sometimes I just put on like my my Indian beats mm. and like mm-hmm. <laughs> just do that thing but yeah I'll do that like I try to you know treat myself to a massage here and there yeah like a facial you know something like that But yeah, even just like going for a walk, the weather in LA is so nice that sometimes like I just want to go for a walk or run, put on some good music and just like try to appreciate like where I live and the weather is just fabulous 99% of the time. So yeah, like that self-care in itself. I, I, I'm going to, I hate to do this, but I'm going to preface this question because (laughs) I'm asking you this. Not from an outsider's perspective. I'm asking you because I am the age that you were. I'll be 30 next month. So I'm the age that you were when you started all this. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And I left my job and I'm kind of on this journey myself. But I do like, I can't help but think about the fact that I'm turning 30. And I know that that doesn't mean what it meant like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. or five years ago. But (laughs) it's not that scary. Like how, but how does it feel like... How was that for you, not just turning 30, but to be going through such a big transition and to not being be on like the normal course for a 30-year-old at the time? Like, did you have any struggle with that or was it fine? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely have have put a lot of thought into that. It's funny, like I'm 33 now, I just turned 33 and I feel like I'm 25 still. Like I, you know, it's like you have this vision of what you think you'll feel like when Mm -hmm. you're in your thirties and I just still feel like, I don't know, a kid sometimes. Yeah. I think the hardest thing for me is mostly surrounding like my group of friends and watching them go through like some of the quote unquote, like next steps in life, like getting married, having kids, things like that. When realistically for me, that's like, if I met my person tomorrow, like that's still like a few years off or all of that you know what I mean and so it just becomes like sort of a different phase where your friends are talking about babies and all those sorts of things which is wonderful and I'm so happy for them and I love all my friends kids but that's not something that's like part of my daily life yet right so that's I think been the most like interesting transition to go through but I don't know I think like nowadays it's I see people doing career transitions like in their 50s and their 60s it's kind of the best time to be 
alive I think in that regard like you can kind of make your own path and you know you're not expected to like work for the same company for 40 years and retire and call it a day oh yeah it's nothing to be nervous about (laughs) but yeah it's definitely like a, a different feeling for sure yeah um, okay, I have just a couple more. You may recognize that I stole this one from Tim Ferriss. Um, <laughs> the the question I'd like to ask is if you were able to put a billboard. I knew it was <laughs> going to be the billboard question. I called it. Have you thought about uh, it? No, uh, no, I've never actually thought about it. I don't think I have one. <laughs> I guess like just live like it's the weekend and have people interpret that how. Okay. How they. Oh wait, want. I didn't finish the question for people who haven't heard oh, yeah, that so part. I already know but, what the question is so <laughs> yeah if you could put a, if you could put a billboard anywhere uh any and say anything what would it say so yours would say live like it's the weekend I guess so yeah I mean it goes back to the quote that you pulled off my yeah. site from the mm-hmm. beginning is sort of this concept just all originated originated around the fact like when I was working in my cor- corporate job like people just started on Thursdays everyone was like oh you know tomorrow's Friday like one yeah. more day and I I just hated that that mentality because like why like every week like we're gonna be so depressed and like hating sunday blues yeah i I think it's just ridiculous like why why are you living your life that way you know and i'd rather be poor and like you know enjoy every day than yeah you know be counting down the days to the weekend so that was sort of the concept behind that. So yeah, maybe I'd put live like it's the weekend on the billboard and then have yeah. people interpret that. Yeah, I I was you you basically kind of already said it, but I was going to say like another kind of quote from your site covers the same thing just basically like by sharing your story, it will help inspire hope hoping that it will inspire others to follow their dreams. If you if there's anyone who's listening to this that is maybe just starting out or leaving school or maybe they're at their nine to five thinking about something different next, what would your advice be to them? Um, I think, well, let me just back up for a second. Cause I, I don't think it's a bad thing to like go into the corporate world and like, yeah. experience that. I think, You know, there are people that go right out of school into being entrepreneurs and they're successful, but I think it's good to get experience like with having a boss and, you know, working a routine. And I think there's a lot of value in having those experiences. So I don't think, you know, I don't want people to like misinterpret my sort of stance as like, screw the corporate world, Mm -hmm. you know, like do what you love and nothing else. You know, I think there's value in that, but I think you try different things. And I guess that would be my advice is like, you know, I worked three different jobs doing like pretty different roles in each before I sort of came to what I'm doing now. And I think you just have to like try different stuff. And if it's not, if one thing's not working, then you shift and it's not the end of the world. I think people have a lot of fear around like, oh my God, the next job or then like this huge career change and I think it feels very overwhelming and like this huge step like if you're in the process of doing it or thinking about doing it but um looking back like yeah I did make a big change in my life but it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal now looking back on it you know and I'm sure there will be like other shifts that I make 
in my life, you know, ahead of me. So I think not overthinking it too much, which is easier said than done, but just really evaluating like, okay, are you happy? Like, is this really like what you want to be doing? Are you like feeling motivated? Are you feeling excited? And if you're not, then like, think about trying something else and like the universe will put you like right on, on the right path. Eventually you just kind of have to like, listen, you know? Yeah. Be tuned in and continue to be willing to make little shifts. Yeah. Not just like, oh no, it didn't work. Uh." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I kind of interpreted your site, like your site and even your about me, not, not just for people who are like going to make some big massive leap, but something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is like how, cause no matter what, whether you're working for yourself or you're working for someone else, like there's going to be probably a decent amount of work involved. So how can you make every day feel like full? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, is there anything else that you want to tell listeners? I don't know. Just like, don't, don't be afraid to, to do like what's calling you, you know? Yeah. It'll all work out. It really will. I know that's cliche to say, but yeah, it will all work out. And where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me on my website at live like it's the weekend.com or on Instagram at live like it's the weekend, but weekend is W candy shortened because someone has been holding on to live like it's the weekend for years and not using Instagram. So (laughs) if you're you're listening, give it to her. (laughs) Um, And all this will be in the show notes. So if you're driving, just check it out later and um, we'll link everything that we talked about in your site. Thank you so much. So nice talking to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Different Podcast. Check out Michelle on her blog, livelikeitstheweekend.com or on Instagram at livelikeitstheweekend.com. Weekend is W-K-N-D, weekend without the vowels. You can also visit thatsdifferentpodcast.com and find those links as well as links to anything that we talked about in today's episode. Also where you can find full show notes and join in on the conversation. There you can also see earlier episodes and sign up for our list so that you get all the behind the scenes content as well as first look and listen at any new episodes coming out. It's been great hanging out with you as always. And until next time. Don't be afraid to be a little different.